Good evening, and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today, I have Roina Stoltzan. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's if I remember right, it's Monday evening here in Sweden, and yes. probably like uh, whatever midday. Uh, it is. Your American. It started midday with us trying to get hooked up with Zoom, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now like it's almost, getting, almost, almost getting like it's close nighttime. to midnight, right? <laughs> right, as it feels like. Um, yeah. st- stupid technology. This is a great gift to have you on. I, I appreciate you taking some time. Mm. I want to introduce you mm. to people that aren't aware of you. Um, mm. Later on in life, I got more into progressive music, and I've come across your music. As saying earlier to you, one of my favorite things is I'd listen to an album, and, and I'd really, really great. And then, because, you know, like if you're listening to like um, multimedia or something, you know, it's like the old, there's an album, a cassette, you get it, you'd be listening and looking at it. Now mm-hmm. it streams and it recommends something else. You're like, oh, it's really good. You go back, you listen to who that was. And it caused a good album, good song. But then, then you don't realize all the players. That's the one drawback mm-hmm. of having devices. Well, what I noticed is a lot of these bands, you were in all, like almost all of them. <laughs> Yeah, which was well, fantastic. Not, not all of them. Well, but the I'm saying, a lot of the bands mm-hmm. that I'm discovering, I almost feel like it's you and Mike yeah. like calling each other up saying, I got in the band. Like you guys are yeah, competing, yeah, like a big yeah. checklist, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's got to be um, very engaging and very um, fulfilling as an artist to be able to write music and perform with so many different artists. You know, it, it, it is definitely, it is. And, and, um, it's interesting because right now, actually, half an hour before we hooked up here, I'm I'm remixing stuff, you know, old Flower King stuff, and then I re- realize, and I've been doing this now for about, um, well, six or seven months, yeah, because because the record label uh, they're re-releasing. Uh, pretty much everything that we've done on on vinyl and and also on CD again because some of the titles were out of print for for some time you know so and and that just brought me back to the beginning of uh, well this this phase of my life when I started playing progressive rock again because I started already as a whatever 16 year old you know and and playing bass at the time you know and then i switched to guitar and i joined a professional band here in sweden called kaipa and uh, so i made my first album back then in 75 and then i've been doing lots of music uh, recorded music touring and and uh, you know i can't really tell why but in some strange way, uh, the progressive rock brought me back some yeah. 25 years ago. You know, in between, I've been doing pop, popular music. I've been producing other artists playing uh, kind of radio-friendly music. You know, right for a living for for some whatever 10 years. You know, when my kids were small, they I, I did that, and and nothing wrong with that. You know, because I. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I've been growing up with the Beatles and all that, you know, and pop music. So so that's fine. But anyway, the Flower King sort of brought me back to progressive rock and making these albums. Uh, I re- now realize that um, uh, uh, in this re-releases on vinyl and everything, and I need to sometimes go back and, and remix stuff, remaster mm-hmm. stuff, because you can do so much more now than I could do 25 years ago, you know, with the equipment. And, and only, I mean, just look at the digital uh, versus the, the analog, because when we did the first Flower Kings albums, we did on analog tape. Right. 
and these tapes I can't even play. I can't even play them anymore because these really? tapes are. I mean, they they sort of slowly die. You know, right. you you can actually yeah, you can actually bake them in yep. an oven. That's what people do. So I, I suppose that's what they've done with Rolling Stones albums, with the Beatles albums. With George that would make me anxious putting that and baking it and warming it to me. I'm like, oh, it feels so counterintuitive. Like I would just go for recording analog. And I'm like, oh, uh, tapes. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, and it went from analog tapes to, to um, uh, I think, to hard drive recordings before yep. it moved over to computers, you know. So I have everything. I have storage with every kind of possible recording device a billion you know. dat tapes and everything else oh right? totally have... totally yeah 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 maybe not a billion but <laughs> a lot of them i have a lot <laughs> and then and you need so, all the devices so, to play them right you oh need all those exactly. and then convert them i i do i actually do have some of the stuff let's see if it can yeah i can give you a, a quick yeah, uh, like there's... those orange amps here i see on the side i love those oh yeah yeah uh, maybe do you see something here Oh yeah, I do. Look at that. Nice. Some some machines, yeah. Yep. Uh, so these machines were used to record some of the Flower King's music, you know, and the live recordings, everything. So there's plenty around. But anyway, I mean, looking at the music now, I realize there's so much, and and as you probably know, so many double albums. <laughs> We're the king of double. We're not the only the, the king of flowers. We're also the king, king of double. King, the king of double. Yeah. The king of double flowers. Yeah, but that's yeah. it's so awesome because I think a that's the kind of music. And I want to interject. I do want to say I think there is, with your progressive music, a pop sensibility to it. It feels like you could be the gateway to a lot of people coming into progressive music on some oh, of your songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, as yeah. a compliment because yeah, 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 has, yeah. It totally. has the strength of both of them because. Because that's uh, writing a good pop song is uh, outrageously hard. I'm not talking like a radio top 40 hit, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm a money machine. I'm talking like a really good pop song that affects people. Yeah. And then writing a good progressive song that has interesting music to it. And to, 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 to meld those together or marry it together is just. I mean, to- totally. Great. I think actually some of the, of the more successful uh, progressive rock music i mean in terms of progressive rock you you look at the whatever the big five or something like that mm-hmm. with yes genesis king crimson maybe yep. emerson lake and palmer i don't know gentle giant or jethro tell whatever you yep. <laughs> want to have um but i think uh, what these bands have in common they they could write a good pop song within mm-hmm. the format of 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 like uh this expanded symphonic uh, progressive rock piece, yeah. you know. And then radio would so just he, chop it up and find the one hit single in there and pull it oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they were, at, at the time, maybe a, a little bit upset when they chopped up uh, Roundabout for Yes or something like that, you know. Right. But, or, or whatever, maybe Keith Emerson got upset when, when you know, they had a hit with Lucky Man or something like that. Sure, you know? Exactly. Yeah, but but uh, the reality is that that without that, I think maybe some people wouldn't have discovered these groups, you know. And then totally. they went to a concert, and then they get all this amazing instrumental and symphonic music in between that I think people can understand once they get there. Once they get in the concert seat, they can they can take in all the music, you know, and uh, and the the simple pop songs just help you know to right intro- introduce the 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 fans to the, the I would like to think 
that like like with yet like with Genesis even mm-hmm. like when they first switched over to Phil Collins you know singing and the pop songs that people listen to that and then go back and go oh there's more and they find the other stuff with Peter Gabriel and you know what I mean it's everyone oh, kind of yeah, like goes yeah. reverse engineering or even with yes with 902 and all like, like I said poppier but then they go back like it you know it keeps bringing everybody into it you know oh yeah yeah I mean totally it's it's uh of course it's uh probably not gonna stay for long but I think it opened up and it helped and and some of the fans you actually keep because uh you have to remember also fans of the music they over time develop their musical tastes you mm-hmm. know because when I was a kid I liked the monkeys I I liked them very much actually the they're, very, no, they're, enjo- they're very enjoyable um yeah, I mean, Peter Tork lived around here, where I lived. He lived oh, around here. Oh, really, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like them a lot, you know, and then I could go from that to uh, six months later, I was listening to Vanilla Fudge and, mm-hmm. and, and with their heavy psychedelic, almost uh, hard right. rock style, you know, and, and Jimi Hendrix and Frank Zappa, you know. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge step, but for me, it was kind of a quick step over to, to explore that kind of music, you know, and I, I still like the monkeys, you know, I still like the Beatles, the, the simple Beatles songs. So, yeah. so why not, you know, and that, I think that sensibility is in the Flower Kings music always been there. I think it's all your uh, music though. Like, and, yeah, and how yeah. you're right. I think it's who you are in your DNA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it, look at, look at the, the transatlantic albums, you have the same, kind of thing you know we have the expanded the instrumental sections but you have also the the simple pop songs you know or the ballads or stuff like that which is you have an interesting band you have uh, neil morris and uh, mike portney who we talked about before who's yeah. also really yeah. great at being a lot of projects yeah um, i'm sorry i'm escaping the fourth member is, is escaping my uh, name Pete, uh, peter yes. travavas yes. from Marillion, and he is so good too so it's not an omission oh. that i don't on purpose it's just Got too much in my brain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, so he's actually, I think, my favorite living bass player right now. He's he's an amazing, amazing guy and amazing bass player. I th- I find in progressive music, there's a lot of just really great solid art guys. Like everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like like my egos. Mm-hmm. Like um, I just spoke to a drummer from another band of yours, See Within. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I talked to Marco the other day, and Marco. he is just a great, great, great guy too. Beyond talented, oh. of course. You know, he, he's he's uh, actually I'm, I'm I'm just dropping my favorite musicians here, but but Marco is probably also my favorite uh, drummer. Uh, he's ridiculous, moment, you know. He's Interesting ridiculous. Drummer. Interesting drummer I, too. You know what? Right? I saw him. Yeah, very very special, very um, uh, unique style of of drumming. You know, he reminds me of Bill Buford, like like with like because he's different, not the same sound of him, but different no. playing for different projects you know what i'm saying like he'll fit oh. the project that makes sense right for the yeah, song d- definitely definitely i would say and and uh, i actually saw him play uh with um with the with the Sapa, um, uh orchestra the guys mike keneally and a couple of other guys yep. scott tunis i think scott tunis from from frank's original um band from the whatever the 80s and who else? Uh, oh, a couple of other guys that used to be in the band. In the same, oh, they talk with the newer Zappa thing you're doing now. The, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. I, I just talked to Mike about that the other day too. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that was a, probably uh, the only concert I 
the full concert I saw on the the boat. But anyway, um, uh, Marco was sitting in with them, and I think I mean the story oh. goes that that. Uh, the original drummer had a problem with playing on a boat, which I can understand because the boat is yeah. going like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can feel it, you know. So if you have any problem with being on a boat, you know, and balance. then play balance oh. thing, you're playing drums, you know. But anyway, so Marco uh, joined them and I, I don't know if they had any rehearsals or maybe one rehearsal or something like that, but he just nailed it. And these songs are just super complicated, you know. So, oh, yeah. so he, I, he's definitely totally in a league of his own. I think mm -hmm. I, I've never heard anything like it, you know. Them, oh, absolutely, ma many, many great drummers, great grooves, great players, great technique. But Marco is is um, something else, you know. I think him being a multi instrumentalist and like how he writes, and I said, well, the aristocrats, like, because they're all a full bunch of talented oh, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and um, I'm like, the, the writing process is interesting. I asked about yours is like, they all bring their own stuff and almost fully completed on some level with all their mm -hmm. own instrumentation of the parts of the others. I'm like, like writing guitar yeah. for like so and so in that band and bass for like everyone's so good at their craft to bring in an yeah. instrument to, to each of those guys. I'd be like, I don't know if I'd want to do that, but they have a formed idea already because yeah. they're, they're yeah. so good. And everyone's, of course, well, open-minded. I'm open-minded and it's fine. You can play each other's stuff and, and, and it's not prestige. I, I think that sometimes it's just like if you have an idea and you bring it to a rehearsal room and people start working on it and, and you develop it together, that's fine. But also bring something that is pretty much written is fine too. I mean, that's that's what people like Frank Zappa did. Yep. And, and and I'm sure Marco does it too. And I I realize now that I do it too because of, of uh, some of the remixes I'm doing. I'm thinking that pretty much a lot of the bass lines were written a lot of the keyboard stuff yeah. written, but then you have, of course, people coming in and adding something unexpected, you know, and I'm always open-minded, you know, so if someone, let's say a keyboard player come in and say, oh, I did this crazy keyboard solo over this mm -hmm. part, maybe you wanted to sing, and I say, oh, no, no, I, I <laughs> just leave it, you know, I, I'd rather have you playing that great <laughs> solo. So so uh, being open-minded is, is uh, important, but um, also bringing in something that is, you know, that you have uh, spent a lot of time figuring out uh, bass, because I used to be a bass player. So yes. for me, it comes very natural to even at the keyboard, I can play the bass at the keyboard. And I, it's not about the instrument. It's not about if I'm playing the, the actual bass guitar or a keyboard. It's about understanding the bass line and how the bass line can be sometimes uh, supporting and be playing very simple stuff, something sometimes long notes, sometimes something that brings a groove, sometimes uh, harmonizing mm -hmm. things like a guy like Chris Squire was uh, the king of harmonizing on, on the bass because he always found the right notes, you know, to harmonize for the vocals and stuff like that, you know. Well, I think so the bass is interesting that you would do that. I think because your guitar player is probably makes you a better bass player because then you just play with Steve, Steve Hackett too, right? Sorry, I missed it over I, you. I, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I started as a bass player. So for, for me, it came very natural. And then I've been playing bass, uh, sometimes playing a couple of songs on Flower King's albums. I did a, I did a blues album called uh, Wall Street Voodoo. 
some it's 10 years good. ago. Yeah. And I, I played all the bass on that one. I played bass on a couple of other albums. Uh, but uh, I think, um, and, and Agents of Mercy, I think I played some bass on that also. And I think actually uh, coming in to play with Steve Hackett, was because I knew Genesis music so well, you know, from right. my teenage years, you know, and I think that Nad knew that. So when they were, when Nick Beggs were going somewhere else, you know, and Nad said, well, Royne knows Genesis music perfectly, right. you know, and, he, and he's a great bass player, by the way, and he can play guitar, you know, so you can play guitar, you can play bass, you can, you can play with oh, Steve. It was Hester. just interesting to see that, though, to see the bass, that you play bass, I'm like, it's all years of being, the guitar player i'm like and then you playing bass it's, very, it's just very yeah. interesting to see you mix it up but i mean you've always mixed it up i have a question though like with, with songwriting i mean from being mm-hmm. uh starting with early with like cappy if i'm saying correctly um mm-hmm. and it's actually tell people afterwards on top of the website your website there's been like re- remixes remastered of other stuff mm-hmm. the old band it's brilliant and that actually so it makes probably a multi-part question when you're songwriting from back then has it changed mm-hmm. and c- collaborating with so many different people and then the Flower King started kind of solo-ish, but then it kind of became you. And then you're mm-hmm. more or less the leader now because members have changed interchangeably. Yeah, yeah. But there is this thing about your sound and your guitar playing. And, and this is why you're one of my favorites is because you can overplay. There's a danger of, of just noodling in prog rock forever. Mm-hmm. Or like go back where everyone needs to go get a beer, like because mm-hmm. it can be so excessive. And that's, you have a really niche crowd to begin with. That's really dedicated. Mm-hmm. but you you you're really good and and all your bands are finding a succinct way of keeping it interesting but mm-hmm. and challenging it and stopping and going to something new before it becomes more leaving people wanting a song so there's a challenge over the years with writing with people changing and then keeping the quality because I, if i go back and listen to your old stuff and your new stuff mm-hmm. it just sounds different it doesn't sound like yeah that's an older raw version even the flower king's recordings are just different they're not they sound good they're not dated nothing's dated in your writing i think i think it's changing all the time it's it's always you do something and let's say i do an album where there's a lot of guitar playing you know and then probably i want to do the next album do put in some whatever acoustic guitars or look more at orchestral stuff or um, scale down and do more vocals you know and if you've done lots of vocals, maybe then you want to do stretch, stretch out the instrumental parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's like uh, for a musician, I think, generally speaking, I think it's always about finding something that's interesting for you. That's the starting point. If, because if it's interesting for you to play and record, then it's probably, hopefully, I would say, it, it's interesting for the listener. Because there's no way... Well, you can try to speculate whether the listener will like it or not, or or what are the people looking for, stuff like that. I'm sure there are musicians out there that that do that kind of thing. But personally, I, think you I fail could... if you do that, though, don't you? As an oh, artist, effort. well, By your second I, I album don't... like that, you're like, oh, it's not really you yeah. anymore. No, no, no. And and then you have to remember that what I usually say is, well, you can do that, but is that really what what you want to do? Uh, because then you will need to play these songs live. That, these are the songs that people want to hear, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you, let's say, let's say, uh, let's just imagine that the Flower Kings do like a techno 
style song. You Don't know? you dare! <laughs> and it becomes a big hit, you know. And how can we possibly? Because okay, then we we jump up from let's say playing for three hundred fifty people, we jump right. up to play for three thousand five hundred people, right. or thirty five thousand people. But then you need to play your hit song. You can't yeah. really start playing whatever uh, Garden of Dreams or or uh, Start As We Are, you know, because that's not what they want to hear. They want to hear the hit songs. So okay. you you got to be who you are. You know, you got to be comfortable in your whatever. Your yeah in your skin Correct. well i think the bands that they come out and they do an album and everybody loves it and then every then they try to emulate this what they what you think they wanted them when they're like mm-hmm. people fell in love with you who you were in your first album when you had no impression of people it was just who you were oh. and they loved and loved that music so when you try to chase your own fans that are enjoyed you you're deluding yourself you know kind of like watering yourself down to yeah i mean the the reason actually i i did um did the very first album that was called the flower king it was just like there was no money involved there was no record label there was nothing it was just me and a, a tape recorder and, and some, yeah it's some songs I've, I've written you know and and at the time my kids were really uh, small so i you know it's uh it was a difficult time because i yeah i needed to to support my family but at the same time i was in a phase uh, of my musical career where i i've been doing uh, producing other people playing on other people's records you know i yeah. i produced stuff even had some minor hit th- that would play the, on the radio you know so that that could have been the way i've been going i could have been going right. deeper and Producer. deeper into that you know producing other people's stuff so the uh the Flower King album was probably something I did to just, um, you know, do something that I felt was fun doing. Yeah. And, and I was surprised because the, of the reaction. And I could see that there was reaction from Sweden, from Norway, mm-hmm. from Germany, from Holland. Suddenly people just found this album, you know, trading albums and found it online and whatever, you know, at the time. And you know it, it just went from there and and i realized that okay this is most likely the music that will be most most successful for me uh, and that mm-hmm. was like uh, a, a surprise to me because i yeah. was <laughs> i would think that oh that kind of music that's that's really uh that, that was a long time ago that that was po- popular but i was wrong you know so well, it was so, Europe, though, right? I mean, and, and, and being in Europe is, A, I think, much more open-minded and loyal to music fans for long periods of time. That. As an American, really? I feel like with Top 40 Radio, it changes every 10, uh-huh. 15 years. Like, if you were, like, 70s rock fan, and then you're, you know, 80s rock fan, and then you're grunge, and then the, the loyalties. Now things are c- coming back a little bit more for all, all types of rock bands. But it feels yeah. like, you know, everyone gets kind of cut off, but it feels like in Europe, like, you know, bands like the Hooters could still play in Germany after the eighties because they're a good band. They're just a good band. Like mm-hmm. people can still like music and it feels like top four. I'm saying the people here in America, I'm saying like mm-hmm. radio lights. Yeah, yeah, lights. Yeah. Get it. And whereas it. the fans are a lot more able to grab onto what they like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a top 40 fans and then music fans. Yeah. You know? And music fans are going to stay with you forever. It's an audience you build. Top 40 yeah. fans are going to go on to the next top 40 song. Yeah. And you've got, and the- you got music fans. 
Yeah, I mean that that's the problem. If you if it's very short lived, uh, if you right. have a big hit, it, it's um, well. If you're lucky, I mean, like Fleetwood Mac could probably go out now and play, you know, because right. they were not because songs they did ten years ago, but because songs they did thirty five years ago. So so right. they yeah. every everyone that's going to see Fleetwood Mac, they go to see and hear from from the album Fleetwood Mac and from Rumors and from Tango in the Night, maybe. So that's what people, you know, are not like the early ones, the blues, the blues guitars and Peter Green and like the early, early, early. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like them. I I do too. Those are the vinyl I got. Yeah, I like them and I like the 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 newer (laughs) or the the Lean It's like two bands, like like in two bands, that's all. Oh, totally, totally, totally. But I mean, uh, these kind of older bands, they they go out, play music and um very much like yes is doing mm-hmm. these days they're playing i think they're playing uh ooh, i can't even remember what they're playing close to the edge or something like that i well, think well i think john is playing something with an orchestra or a, or a musical group uh, himself and, oh yeah he he, he does, he and does. I, I just he missed does. that like literally kept like i'm like oh i wonder when he's coming by my area and it's like literally it was in my area like the day before i'm like are you kidding me Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 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 having fun. There's just a bunch of right. But so he's doing playing. that, right? That sounds awesome. Oh and then, yeah, yeah. And then the other version of yes, because there's always a version of yes is playing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're playing. They're doing they're, an album too. They're they're to, they're touring England right now, I think, and and I think they're playing close to the edge. But anyway, that's that's music that came out in 1972. You know. Mm-hmm. So so that's pretty much what what we are and where we are right now. And if you go see. Jethro Tull, they're probably going to play old songs if you go see The Who or or even bands like that used to be the new bands like whatever, the Foo Fighters or, yep. or these guys. They're, they've been around for a long, long time already, you know. So uh, I, I saw that Tears for Fears are out now playing shows yep. and it, it looked great and would be interesting to see. But uh, I, I be, they have a new album out, but I bet they're playing lots of old songs. I'm too. sure, I'm sure. But uh, Tall has a new album out. I actually spoke to uh, Ian about his new, his new album. Mm-hmm. It's good. And I think yeah. Yes has a new album out or coming out mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think John's newest album probably would have been the last one he did with you. I don't know if he's done anything mm-hmm. since. He did an album called A Thousand Hands. Which okay, is a, a very good album. Yeah, it's a great I'm album. Sure. That's something he started a long time ago, and uh, and um, you know, working together with people uh, on different songs. He, so he has uh, Billy Cobham is on it, I think. She Korea, yeah. oh, bless nice. him, he's on it. Yeah, he has, and uh, I can't remember now, but lots of people, some yes I people. Up, I can't believe I missed that. I can't believe I missed that. Well, we're talking about that album. Mm-hmm. We talked about the album. Mm-hmm. You guys said you and John did that. Like I said yeah. earlier, that's like one of my favorite albums of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that happen? I mean, it's such oh, a beautiful album. How did that happen? Uh, well, that happened um, pretty much because the record label had an idea. They, they've been talking to me for some time. Said said, well, you should, because I was, I think at the time, I, there wasn't any happening anything happening with the Flower Kings. So we, we had sort of a, a break and then they said, well, you should, you could do anything. You can make an album. You can gather a few new people, you know, and you write some music and, and you can call it anything. That's uh, awesome. As an that, artist, to hear your record label say that to you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like a dream. <laughs> they want the money. <laughs> I know, but usually they're like, we need you to do this song from this album that you're popular. Yeah. You'd be like, do what you yeah. want. 
<laughs> no, but anyway, but uh, and then they said, well, you should actually, actually you should do something together with John Anderson. That would be interesting. I, th- I think Thomas Weber said, well, you're probably one of the only people that that could really do something great with John Anderson because you understand the music, you understand mm-hmm. the yes music and his voice. Uh, yeah, and his voice and everything. So, uh, yeah, so so uh, and I said, well. I'd like to do that, you know, and how could that happen? And then Thomas just contacted John and uh, the same afternoon, I think I got a mail from John and uh, <laughs> sending the first, <laughs> the first uh, like uh, MP3 files, you know, to you me. Hey, me? a few songs. Here. Yeah, no, that's, that's right. Now, have but, you I guys mean, had a relationship over the past yeah, years, like friends? Or no, we, 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 we met actually, we, we played on a, on a cruise ship together. We played, um, uh, together with the guys in in transatlantic we played mm-hmm. um let's see we played actually side one from topographic oceans one and of we the played, best uh, albums by yes ever. yeah 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 we played that one we played um let's see and you and i we played starship trooper and we played uh, long distance runaround mm-hmm. so so that's something oh, wow. i rehearsed for a couple of months <laughs> uh, learning the songs and i i would say that topographic song was the the most co- uh, complex to learn because i i figured out it must be lots of odd time signature but yeah. in the end it seemed not to be you know it it just seems like the the meters were kind of odd, you know, but once you get into the song and playing it and playing it again, um, it just seemed a bit simpler uh, to me, you know, easier to understand, you know. So I just, I, well, I just learned the song because I, I didn't want to be there in front of the audience and, and not knowing the songs. So I, I put in a lot of hard work in doing that, you know, so. Piece so by actually piece. That, yeah, piece by piece. So, so that's actually, we had met before. Yeah, sure. I imagine a lot of guitarists, I mean, and musicians, every time you guys see each other, it's like, oh, we should do some together. Like, that's going to make the biggest thing. People are like, we should do something together. Like as an artist talking yeah. and hanging out, like, you, hear, you hear the most from like, because there's so many artists that you like. So probably yeah. to have that come come out and, and you guys make this album. It's just, it's not like, it doesn't feel like a thrown together album. It feels like yeah, nurtured I mean, with it, love. It's, it was just a perfect storm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was. I think it was. It it was meant to be, you know. And and uh, and we actually started working on a, a second album. You know, that's that's. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> but that that happened well. That happened three years ago, maybe four years ago. So and then, could it still happen? The rest of the. I I think it's possible. I think it's possible. But what happened was that that they got together. He got together, I think, with Rick and um, and Trevor, and they started mm-hmm. touring a bit. Oh yeah. And I got back together. I got a, a request from South America to play with the Flower Kings, and and at the time there wasn't any Flower Kings, so I put together a Flower Kings, and then suddenly the Flower Kings were together again, you know. And now <laughs> we made three albums, you know. And uh, so, well, and that's life, you know. But um, Sometimes you 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 bump into people and we say, oh, we gotta record some music together. We gotta make some music, or but and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. You know, and there's and, so uh, many good groups though. Like everybody wants. Like I'm like I wanted to see within, and then so yeah, we're talking yeah. about you know, the invention of knowledge, the John Anderson one. But like yeah. see within is great. Like keep the flower kings coming like for me i'm like they're yeah. all good groups so yeah yeah there's only yeah, one person yeah. to be in all those bands for you to keep producing all these you know 
Well, it's I suppose it's quality control, you know, and and uh, I, I I guess I'm very very lucky because I have the most understanding wife in the history of rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess <laughs> she must be. She must be because She's still your I, wife. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I'm working all the time, and I when I think I'm ready, I'm not ready because I go back the next day and listen again. I said, no, no, no. I, I got to remix this, you know. So this, I mean, just now the the last uh, four days I've been spending on one song, you know, uh, remixing uh, the truth to set you free from unfold the future, oh, getting everything. Nice. Uh, as close as possible to the original, but still uh, improving the original. And that's the tricky part, you know. Well, the because recordings want... were so good. The original, the original recordings were good. They're not dated. Like, remember in the 80s, like everything sounded like reverb or like, they sound, you know, certain times and dated. Those albums that you're talking about, you're, you're redoing, uh-huh. you're just uh-huh. kind of, to me, it's more like a cleanup, just crisper, because they sounded good. There was like no sound to me didn't sound dated and i'm pretty critical of sounds no no no, they they are crispy and and they uh they are digital at at that time we were already on on onto digital Mm -hmm. uh they're they are crispy but the problem is that they were in the mastering they were over compressed or in the mix they were over compressed and and then you lose the dynamics and now Mm -hmm. i'm in a different studio um now with uh, much better uh converters you know and much better I'm down to the last uh, little bit of cable I, i've improved everything so now i hear the music in a completely different way and i have all the details and um, when you have that you listen to the old mixes and i i just feel it sounds very squashed and over compressed no not muddy but it sounds yeah. um the drums sounds to me small and uh, it sounds a bit you know it's a bit tiring to listen to uh, a long song like a 30 minute right. song when it, everything is super compressed and uh, and once you get the dynamic back you can feel the drums you can feel the tom-toms you can feel the kick drum sounding not like flap it, it sounds like a kick drum and you can hear the uh, keyboards like grand piano sounding bigger and warmer so that's uh, that. That's been my <laughs> well. That's what I've spent a lot of time uh, the last. Besides actually being uh, on tour in America for about uh, a month or five weeks or something like that with Transatlantic and with Flower Kings. So, so, so I want to. I know you're super busy. So just wrap up with a couple of quick questions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Our artwork. Mm. I mean, all your albums, just not just Flower Kings. It's, it's so mm. good. How do you keep it consistent? Like with things, so, so many different people and the artwork and the pictures. And the, it's, it's important. Uh, it's, product, it's, I think. In, yeah, it, it's important. And yours is very impressive all the times and all of them. They're really just. I would say most of them, not all of them, but most of them I think are, are good. And it's been everything from, my own paintings over to some other people's paintings and i've been searching um for artists that has something unique you know and I, i've been lucky because i let's see i first came across um a, a, a guy from switzerland i think called silas tobal mm-hmm. he, he now lives in arizona and he did albums, uh, album covers, uh, or actually I used his artwork for, let's see, for 
two Agents of Mercy albums mm-hmm. and then for two Flower Kings albums. So Banks of Eden and um, what's the other one? Uh, the, the following, I can't remember the title of the <laughs> other um yeah anyway so two of that two two of each band i used silas and also used silas for the john anderson album so he did okay, that that, well, that album covers is oh yeah and he did it from scratch so he did he did it on commission so we said i said to him because he loves yes and john anderson too so so i said i'm working on this album with with john and um could you do the artwork for us and his head exploded, I, I said, right? I can, yeah, yeah, probably. And and I, I said I cannot guarantee because it's it's all up to. I mean, it's me and John. I can't mm-hmm. I can't decide myself, you know. But if John likes it, yeah, then then uh, we can go with it, you know. So you yeah. have to work a little bit, and if you're lucky, we'll take it, and you get paid. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and he said, "Yeah, I'd, I'd like to do all of it, not just the front. I'd like to do all of it." And he did beautiful. I mean, he did he, probably one of the best layout guys I, I've had, you know. It's so he did that. Color. Yeah, he did that. And then we've been working with some other people. We've been working with uh, uh, another guy from Colorado, I think. Kevin uh, Kevin Sloan, and uh, he's he's just like a painter, uh, mm-hmm. spe- specializes in kind of paintings of uh, surrealist surreal uh, paintings. Yeah, of, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, of 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 whatever birds or or elephants or mm-hmm. or you know any kind of animal, you know, and. And I just found it online and I contacted him and, and asked if he could use uh, for uh, one of the uh, Waiting for Miracles was an album mm-hmm. we did uh, two and a half years, three years ago. And uh, wow, is that long ago, huh? He's, yeah, that's that, that COVID has really thrown off the timeline, I think, for a lot of us here. Oh, I, I totally did. It did. But anyway, so I, I we found this this elephant, you know. And a couple of other things it did, like an octopus and stuff like that. So we put it on the album cover and, and, and I just love it because we're now in a phase where so much has been computer driven, you know, and so yeah. many rock bands and in particular, I would say in the progressive rock field, look at a hundred progressive rock band album covers and 97 of them are made in the computer. Right. So it's so refreshing with someone that actually take take some oil painting or or acrylic painting and put it on the canvas. I agree. And then you I... you do a photograph of it and just like in the old days, you know. That's why I love it. I love that's why I notice that kind of stuff. I pay attention. I'm like, that it's even it's like yeah. it's a complete piece of work. Like the, you can tell the work in the album is is detailed in the the artwork is detailed. It's a full package like in the 70s. Um Oh, oh yeah. And we did. We did also one in between. We did with um, Roger Dean actually, mm-hmm. and that's the the record label because probably because yes signed to the same record label as us. Yeah, and and so they were working with Roger, and, and they said, well, we could ask Roger Dean if you want a Roger Dean cover. And I said, of course, I want a Roger Dean cover. Yeah, <laughs> who do you think I am? I'm <laughs> a big fan of Roger since whatever I saw the first. I think uh, remember the band Gun. Yes, I do. They had they, they had yeah. a hit with "Race with the Devil." Yep. Yeah, like an instrumental. No, it was actually not instrumental, but it was uh, like a guitar-driven thing, right. you know. 
And then there was another uh, Africa, uh, African kind of Afro rock uh, style band called Osibisa. Mm-hmm. And, and Roger Dean did a couple of album covers for them too. It was like an elephant with uh, with dragonfly wings, you know, very I'll colorful. I'll, 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 I'll look that one up. That's really cool. Yeah. Like the, it's yeah. you guys. It's great though. It's a full package though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Last question is what is your yeah. go-to your your go-to guitar right now? Like what is your favorite piece right now? You have such a great sound and tone. Oh, you mean guitar? Yeah, your guitar go-to sound right now. Like what's your favorite oh, piece? Uh well, I'm sure my, it changes. My, <laughs> it it changes a bit, but but for quite some time now, my favorite guitar has been uh a Fender Telecaster that actually yeah something that i didn't mean to buy i i never i wasn't really interested in in telecasters i mm-hmm. i just went to a shop in stockholm a guy that has vintage guitars probably i, I w- went there to buy a gibson uh, 335 mm-hmm. uh, which is like a hollow body guitar um and i went there and and the guitar was pretty much in pieces it was just like the <laughs> pick well the pick he was fixing it up right and he was kind of oh, i don't know maybe i fix it up you know i don't know i haven't decided on the price and i i went all the way to stockholm you know one hour on the train you know to go there and, and buy the guitar and i said ah. i bought another like a gibson les paul from the same guy and i still have the gibson les paul like if in 1952 so that's that oh, kind man. of my most valuable <laughs> yeah. guitar of course but anyway so i went to the same guy trying to buy the es335 gibson i couldn't buy it from him and i was just on my way out from the shop and then i saw this red telecaster kind of hollow yeah. body because it has a f hole and i for whatever reason i just picked it up uh, sat down I didn't even plug it into an amp and I just strum a few chords and played and I said I like this guitar I just went <laughs> went to him and said I'll have I'll have this guitar instead <laughs> and That's I went funny. home and yeah it's, it's very funny and I went home and I really liked it and I plugged it in and and it sounds great uh, and and over time I have of course I have fixed lots of stuff on it you right. know I have I've changed pickups. I've changed. Uh, I have not changed the neck, but I've changed the uh, the fretboard. The fretboard is now like uh, a true temperament, which is kind of a Swedish invention. If you ever seen this guitar with the crooked frets, yeah, yeah really, yeah, you can look it up. True I'm temperament, look it, yeah, yeah, yeah true temperament, and and the 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 benefit uh, playing true temperament is that your guitar will be in tune anywhere you play on the fretboard. Normally, a guitar, it's it's like it's in, yeah. it's imperfection. You cannot really get a guitar that's in tune if you play like your Bob Dylan chords and you know, yeah. or you start playing your fancy jazz stuff uh, yeah. chords, you know. But with this uh, invention, you can actually have the guitar to be in tune all over, and it changes a few other things also. So it's like even the the sound of the guitar. I don't know about the physics why that yeah, happened no, no. But, anyway so i've i've put that kind of or the actually the guy who invented it he put it on my my favorite telecaster 
I've changed the the tuners to locking tuners. I've uh, I put in an acoustic uh, piezo pickup in it. So nice. what key are you using for strings? How how thick are your strings? Uh usually um well it, it depends. Sometimes it's like uh hmm, 10 to uh, maybe 10 to 52, but sometimes a little bit uh, lighter, uh, let's say uh, 9. Zero zero nine to mm-hmm. forty six, maybe a bit depending yeah. on the guitar. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, so, but uh, usually for the the stuff I'm playing, there's lots of bending and stuff. You know, with the Flower Kings. So if I go with with some other blues thing, you know, I yeah. may have a, a little bit thicker strings. You know, or out of gather that kind of yeah, like yeah, thinner yeah. strings. But it, I was I was curious because some people play strings. I'm like I didn't. I can imagine you being that thin you know like a, like a zz top has really they play with really light strings and i'm like i would have imagined it was the opposite so it's always interesting to hear like what people get to sound with with the strings oh you know? yeah yeah that, yeah true like true. seven or eight zappa and like van Van halen all very low like i don't know like eight or seven eight like really just in zz top thin thin like i imagine i'm just snapping you from it once oh yeah know? yeah to- totally and and also i think um I, there's something about I think at, at least uh, I would say the bass strings, I think they, if there's too sloppy or, or yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't produce the sound I'm looking for, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I look for a little bit of um, more percussive attack, you know, so, yeah. and I play with a kind of a heavy pick also. So I, I don't like the, the thinner picks. I like a heavy pick because it, I think it produces a, a bigger sound and cleaner yeah. sound you know if you're strumming if you're just playing solos it just i don't know it's i've come a long way but i'm I, when i started i had i had no idea you know i just went with whatever you want, my yeah. friend yeah my friends had or someone told me to have you know but after a while you're just you're, you're trying different things and and for different guitars i would say also if you have a guitar with with a tremolo bar maybe you have a little bit thicker strings i am i'm a thicker pick guy myself just because i like to dig in even if it's or i can feel you can kind of pick and be a little more delicate so yeah. thicker like i just the bending of the pick it feels like it's i don't know this is me my style but your mm. your sound you have sound without it your tone even just your style has its own sound you know so that says a lot for your your playing yeah and i mean i mean i have to say also over the years i've, I've been using and and owning so many different amps mm. but uh i've come back to tube amps and uh i know there's lots of systems now with with um digital stuff that you plug in and then you're supposed to plug into straight into the pa system you know and i uh i'm not fully convinced yet i would say but so so i i go back to i'm i'm most happy on stage when i have a tube amp yeah uh, could be a Vox AC30 or could could be it's my my Vox down yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, oh, there you Vox and I have my yeah the Vox the, and the I have orange a little and I have an orange upstairs. Yeah, see those are the ones yeah. I love too. They feel yeah, well, the most yeah, alive to me. Yeah, and and I have and I have a Mesa Boogie, a small one that's called a kind of uh, they tried at least to build something that could emulate a Vox and it it could emulate. Uh, Marshall and uh, I can't remember now, but but actually I think it worked pretty well. So that's mm-hmm. a small amp, 
uh, that you can carry on a flight and uh, okay yeah so that kind of thing and i have awesome. marshals and i have fenders also but uh i try to scale down you know it's just lots of stuff just standing you know collecting dust and uh, at a certain point it gets too many toys you forget about the songs you know yeah 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 i mean and I you mean, I, I are the best at being eclectic you know but you know. yeah 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 so uh well i, I mean uh, let's say uh equipment does matter but i think um it's not really i'm not the kind of guy that that has to buy the latest pedal every time you know or, yep. uh, once there comes a new and i think it's sort of um, if you look at uh, gibson and fender you can see that gibson and fender uh, they have stayed true pretty much to a couple of different models like the telecaster like the stratocaster yeah. gibson have their les paul most popular guitar and uh, 335s etc with certain bands and uh, they've been pretty much the same uh, for whatever 50 years or more psg you know yeah yeah totally yeah that's probably my the one that's the one i want <laughs> yeah Is yeah that, yeah these are the zappa and the acdc it's it's a classic sound it, you know? it is uh, it is i actually I, I bought one in the states when we were touring and and brought it home and i had it for a while and it's just sitting collecting dust so i think i traded it uh for a 330 another 335 with the guy but well so i i got rid of it i don't know why it it just <laughs> was just sitting there well, i like playing it right I, but if you're not playing it i mean there's a certain point where somebody should no, play it. no exactly exactly okay so this is fantastic man i want to thank you i want to mm-hmm. encourage everybody to go look at the links as usual you have someone it's like it's like being introduced to like about like five to ten new bands for everybody right now to start checking mm-hmm. out your stuff because there's just so much yeah. music and so many different players so much, there's, there's something there for everybody you know yeah totally totally and i mean i mean i have to say also remember beside me there are always all these great players as you mentioned well, of, course, I mean, of course of course thomas bodin jonas reingold uh neil morris you know. yeah neil morris mike and all these guys you know i've been very lucky i think the end the note if we did a a connection of all the artists you're with mm-hmm. it'd be like the tv show csi or something you know when you put all the pictures on the wall and you start the red strings <laughs> <laughs> of connecting yeah, everybody it yeah, would be yeah. it would be like the prog the prog world of all the like you in the middle connecting to everybody oh, yeah. totally you know? totally yeah that's yeah. it this has been thing i want to thank you this is fantastic for, for doing yeah. this really great i want to thank you cool. and people check out the stuff and you have a good night and I, yeah, yeah. Nick, it's late for you thank you you take care it's night for me okay, okay bye. Bye-bye. bye bye bye